0: Welcome to Victory Church, Winchester, Virginia's weekly podcast. Our desire is that you will find Victory a place to call home. Please take a moment to subscribe and share. Here is this week's message from our Sunday morning worship experience. I want you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, to the book of Acts, the history of the early church. It's titled the Acts of the Apostles, but it could very well be titled the Acts of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit moved among the disciples of Jesus and talks about the exploits, the mighty miracles, the signs, the wonders, the incredible boldness and the proclamation of the gospel that turn the known world upside down. And this morning, we're going to turn to the book of Acts chapter 5 verse 17. Our notes uh, for this sermon are going to be on the Victory Church app and you can follow along with us there, all you note takers. You have permission today to be a troublemaker for Jesus. Let me just clarify. In our new collection of teaching, I wanted to kind of talk to you about a rarely understood aspect of the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. Jesus, we know, was the Son of God and the Savior of the world he was a healer come on he went about doing good and ministering healing and salvation for those that were lost but we often don't think about the ministry of Jesus of having a ministry as a troublemaker he was a troublemaker and that he upset the status quo he challenged the mindsets the religious mindsets, the social mindsets, the political mindsets of his day. And as a result of his consistent, his bold, his unashamed, his unapologetic stand for doing what was right and for true, he was labeled and understood as a troublemaker. But I wanna tell you that today's troublemakers are often tomorrow's uh, uh, heroes. Because the reality is, yes, you could be a troublemaker and be greatly used by God. God wants to use people who will make a bold and courageous stand for what's right. And so I want to invite you this morning to be a troublemaker. You have a calling from God to be a troublemaker because the truth is, if you aren't creating at least a little bit of trouble, perhaps you aren't fully and faithfully following Jesus. Because the call to be a troublemaker is to upset the status quo. It's to push the envelope. Come on. It's to step on toes. It's to rock the boat, right? It's to upset the apple cart. It's to poke and prod and to push against and agitate and to disturb our current culture. See, our current culture in in which we live is often anti-God, right? It's anti-biblical principles. It's anti-biblical values. And so for us, as followers of Jesus, he said that the student cannot be greater than the teacher. So the call to faithfully follow Jesus is the call to adopt the ministry of a troublemaker. I want to read to you in the scripture today, the book of Acts chapter 5, In which the disciples were going around Healing, proclaiming the gospel And as a result of their bold and courageous stand for Jesus For doing what was right and was true They were known as troublemakers The book of Acts chapter 5 We're going to begin reading at verse 17 Follow along with me Then the high priest took action He and all who were with him That is the sect of the Sadducees They were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors, brought them out, and said, go, stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message. Somebody say the whole message about this life and when they heard this they entered the temple at daybreak and went on with their teaching go down to verse 27 they had at this point just so you know in between those verses they had arrested these apostles for preaching and teaching about Jesus and then when they had brought them before this council to stand before him them the high priest questioned them saying We gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, and yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you have determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. Talking about the cross. Verse 31, and God exalted him at the right hand as Lord and Savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given those who obey him. I want to talk to you from the text today and preached to you from the subject of my sermon today, the ministry of of a troublemaker, the ministry of a troublemaker. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me as we pray? Father, thank you for the opportunity this morning to gather together here in this place and to come around your word and hear what you would have to say to us, God. Our ears are open, our hearts are receptive. Lord, may we enter into this moment being fully aware of your presence in our life that we might receive your word that we might believe your word and that we might leave this place obeying your word we thank you for what you are doing even right now what you have yet to do in in the rest of the service we praise you and thank you for it in jesus name amen amen when you were in grade school did you ever get in trouble and get sent to the principal's office we got a lot of people in here that were sent to the principal's office, and then we've got some goody-two-shoes also that would never step foot inside of the principal's office. Whether it was, you know, getting in a fight, you know, being disrespectful to a teacher, throwing a stink bomb down the hallway, this is hypothetical. I, I don't know anybody who really done that, but hypothetically speaking, maybe throwing a piece of pizza at somebody, whatever it was that got you in trouble and that got you sitting in that principal's office, usually you got sent there for something that you did wrong. But have you ever gotten sent to the principal's office for doing what was right? I got that experience this last week. I went to the principal's office to meet with the principal at my daughter's school not because she was in trouble not because I was in trouble but because I was doing something that was right in advocating for a better learning environment everything's okay and everything worked out great but I wonder it got me thinking how many of us will come before You know, certain authorities and certain people, not for doing what is wrong, but for doing what is right, making a stand for what is right and for what is true. I believe that in the last days, which Jesus had said and described and talked about, in the last days, he said, perilous times will come. He said, there will be trouble there will be discord, there will be division. And there will be division because in a culture in which there is hostility and there is a fallen system and a fallen world of sinful humanity, these systems and these fallen rules and, and, and beliefs and, and ideologies Put us as followers of Jesus who stand for what's right and for what is true. Put us at odds against the prevailing culture, and we will be labeled, we will be understood, we will be known as a troublemaker. This is what God has called us to. So the question today is not if but when the opportunity will come for either you to compromise your convictions and your beliefs and your values or will you stand for what is right and what is true irregardless of the cost irregardless of whether you're you know disowned you're separated you're ostracized you're marginalized you're labeled as intolerant or as uncaring or as unloving and as un- un- not understanding in that moment will you compromise your belief and your convictions and your values Or will you choose to obey God, refusing to compromise and experience persecution? The question this morning is, in that moment, do you have the courage to be faithful to God? Because that moment is not just coming. That moment is already here in many ways. Being faithful to the word of God in the time that we now live gives us the ministry of a troublemaker. And so today, I want to propose for your consideration this truth from the text. Being faithful to Jesus is to take on the ministry of a troublemaker. Being faithful to Jesus is to take on the ministry of a troublemaker. And the first thing that I want to point out to you this morning about the ministry of a troublemaker, the ministry of a troublemaker is to share a troublesome message. What did you think that our message About Jesus was only a positive encouraging message no the troublesome message of the gospel is that you are a wicked wretched no good sinner dead in your sins and you can do nothing about it you are in need of saving from God because you're sinful broken and flawed on your own welcome to church (laughs) this is the truth of the gospel this is the bad news that makes the good news so good. It's good news. Matter of fact, the word good news in the Greek is translated too good to be true news. You see, because God in seeing us in our condition, did not just leave us there, but he actually did something about it. He came to meet us where we are because he knew that we could not save ourselves. He came and left heaven, came to earth in order to live and to die and be resurrected that you and I might receive forgiveness of our sins. This is the incredible message of the gospel, but it's a troubling message. And the sinful nature of humanity, listen to me, takes offense at the gospel. You see, the gospel is offensive, and it's a troublesome message that you and I have been called to share that is going to leave us labeled as a troublemaker in our society. The trouble that was brought upon by these religious leaders came not, listen to this, it came not from the miracles that the apostles did. They weren't upset about the miracles. They weren't upset about the great things that people were experiencing. No, they were upset about the message. For we look back in Acts chapter 4, and it talks about how they brought them before the council, brought them before the authorities for preaching in the name of Jesus the removal and the forgiveness of sins through the cross and through the resurrection of Jesus. They brought them before them, and they told them not to preach in this name of Jesus. In other words, these disciples were causing trouble. They were stirring things up. They were agitating. Through their proclamation of the gospel, they were causing great uproar. Now, listen... The whole message. This is what I love about our passage today. It says this in verse 20. Go stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message about this life. This is what the angel came and encouraged them to do as they had been released from the prison. The whole message about this life. The whole message of the gospel is that the gospel that saves is also the gospel that offends. The apostles, Paul said this. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for all those that believe, to the Jew first and also for the Gentile. In other words, the gospel that saves is the gospel that offends. The Apostle Paul said in the book of Galatians chapter 5 verse 11, he said, if I was going about preaching salvation through circumcision and through the law, because he was talking to the Jewish believers, he said, if I was going about doing that, I would not be persecuted and I would not be offending people. But the message of the gospel is offensive. He also said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, that the message of the gospel is foolishness, right? To the Greeks, to the intellectual mind, it was foolishness. But for the Jews, it was an offense. Why? Because salvation didn't come through the law, but it came through Jesus keeping the law, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and now through our faith in his salvation. And so they were going and preaching the gospel. And if you and I are going to go and, And preach the gospel we are going to be labeled as troublemakers because we share a message that offends it's offensive and so we want to go to our family and our friends and our neighbors and our co-workers but we don't want to bring them an offensive message we want to bring them a message that can be acceptable but the reality is if we are going to preach the whole message of the gospel the truth is it's going to be a message that offends it's going to be a message that agitates. It's going to be a message that gets people upset and makes people squirm because our human nature takes offense to the gospel. Right. My children are offended when they are sick and I prescri- the doctor prescribes them medicine and I actually have the audacity to bring that medicine and say, you've got to take this medicine. It's offensive. It's terrible. They don't want to take the medicine. The medicine tastes bad, but the medicine is good. And that's like the gospel. That's like the message that we share. Maybe sometimes that message seems bad, but that message is good. That message brings salvation. That message brings hope. That message brings healing. And we don't just get have the responsibility to determine how we are going to package this medicine, this salvation, this message. We have the responsibility to stand faithfully before God and declare the truth of the message of the gospel. Our responsibility is to the truth of the gospel, not how people feel about us. The ministry of a troublemaker is to share a troubling message. Secondly, the ministry of a troublemaker is to espouse, listen to this, is to espouse troublesome morals. (laughs) To espouse is to act in accordance with someone's rules, commands, or wishes. We don't just proclaim the right beliefs. But we also promote the right morals, the right way of living, the right life, the right lifestyle. Go back to our passage, verse 20. Go stand. Again, I'm going to read it again from the angel. He says, go stand in the temple and tell the people the whole message, what, about this life, about this lifestyle, it's not just a message that we share that is troublesome and that is offensive, but it's also a lifestyle that we live that offends and upsets people. We don't excuse. We don't justify. We don't explain. We don't dismiss. We don't ignore biblical beliefs, values, and morals. We share them. We promote them. We espouse them. We live by them because it's not just a message that you share That attracts trouble, but it's also the morals that you espouse that will attract trouble. Why? Because biblical beliefs, values, and morals are antithetical. They do not align. They do not work with the prevailing culture of our day, a culture of moral relativism. In our society, it's anything goes as long as it doesn't harm someone else. But my responsibility as a minister of the gospel, your responsibility as a minister, your responsibility as a follower of Jesus, right, is to be caring and concerned and be thoughtful, not just about what people do to harm themselves, right, or to harm others, but what they do to harm themselves, you see, I believe that the key to human flourishing is to live for Jesus, to live a life that is in obedience to God's principles, and in accordance to God's morals, and in accordance to the way that God wants us to, believe, uh, to live. Now, when a person in a society attempts to eliminate God, they lose all objectivity in determining what is good and evil, right and wrong, moral and immoral. And this is what we find in our society. This is where we at, where we are at in our current culture. But this is nothing new. Why? Because in the Garden of Eden, we find the same strategy of Satan, who approaches Eve. And he asks Eve, Did God really say did God really say this? Is God withholding something good from you? This is the oldest strategy in the book from Satan. He wants us to become the arbiters of our own morality. He wants us to determine what is right and what, what is wrong and what is moral and immoral and what is evil and what is not evil. If he can trick us into accepting a lifestyle that disobeys God then it leads to destruction and a new report that was released by barna and george barna in 2021 i want to give you some of the findings that he discovered this was a survey that was among 2000 adults in the united states in the four major groups evangelicals pentecostals charismatics mainline protestants and catholics Researchers asked respondents about their views on 51 topics, including marriage, absolute truth, the sanctity of human life, and the authority of the Bible. The research indicated that, listen to this, 52% of those polls did not believe in absolute moral truth. 75% of people believe that uh, believe that people are basically good instead of basically sinful. 43% believe that Jesus sinned during his time on earth. 44% believe that the Bible's teachings on abortion are ambiguous. And 34% do not believe marriage is between one man and one woman. He drew this conclusion, Barnadib It's one thing for Americans to be confused about the finer points or the hotly debated elements of theology, but for Americans to misunderstand or flat-out reject the Bible as a foundational source of truth and moral guidance points to a major crisis in our society. I love what Dr. Tony Evans, a great preacher, said. If you are a Christian by belief, you are now on the visiting team. In other words... The culture is not cheering for you if you hold to, if you cling to, and if you espouse biblical beliefs, principles, and morality. They're actually actively cheering against you. And if you are really faithfully following Jesus and proclaiming biblical truth, you know that this reality is, is, is the truth today. He said this, he said that you are a Christian by belief you are now on the visiting team. Belief. Not if you attend church, right? Not if you have a Christian bumper sticker. Not if you have a scripture on your Instagram account or your Facebook account. But if you espouse biblical principles, truths, and belief, you will be known as a troublemaker. You will be pushing against society's values and morality. And it's going to put you at odds to the prevailing culture. As a result... Of espousing biblical beliefs and morality, you're going to be seen as a troublemaker. And opposition must come because we, as followers of Jesus, cannot settle, we cannot compromise, we cannot make excuses, we can't bow down, we can't neglect to share the whole message of the gospel, we can't compromise. If we, don't, if we do, then it will, it will result in persecution. To, to, to stand against God's word, it will result in persecution, alienation, rejection, division, cancellation, job loss, and suffering. Jesus, though, never promised us an easy life, a carefree life, a life full of victory upon victory upon victory. There is going to be oppositions. There will be setback. There will be persecution, and there will be opposition. Jesus said this, in this world, you will have Tribulation. The Apostle Paul encouraged us to be patient in tribulation. He said this about his Christian life. He said, troubles, hardships, distresses, and beatings, imprisonments, and riots, and hard work, and sleepless nights, and in hunger. Taking on the ministry of a troublemaker in our contemporary culture by taking a stand for biblical truth will result in bigotry, hate, intolerance, and marginalization, but the ministry of a troublemaker is to expouse." Biblical morality. Finally, as we close today, troublemakers share a troublesome message. Troublemakers espouse troublesome morals. And finally, troublemakers adopt a troublesome motivation. When threatened and told not to preach the gospel, they had a decision that they had to make, these followers of Jesus in the early church. Were we going to compromise were we going to be quiet or were we going to speak up and stand up for what was right and for what was true? Listen to what they said in verse 29. Peter and the apostles answered these threats. We must obey God rather than any human authority. Listen to what the apostle Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 9. Our aim is to please God always in everything that we do whether we are here in this body or away from this body and with him in heaven. When we adopt a troublesome motivation, we choose to take up, follow, or use something as our own. Martin Luther King Jr. was known as a prophet, a latter-day prophet in our generation, who spoke to society's racial struggles, spoke for civil rights, was known as a uh, visionary whose dream still inspires us today but at the time which he was alive he was considered as a troublemaker you may remember his last sermon I've been to the mountaintop and I felt like I wanted to share this because I I think that it relates so practically and so profoundly to our calling as followers of Jesus in a society that which we live that is hostile, oftentimes rejecting and pushing against our message as followers of Jesus. He said these words in his last sermon, I've Been to the Mountaintop. He said, we've got some difficult days ahead. He told this to an overflowing crowd in Memphis, Tennessee on April the 3rd, 1968, where the city's sanitation workers were striking. He said, we've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me much anymore because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. He said, like anybody, I would love to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain and I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I might not get there with you, but I want you to know today that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. In less than 24 hours after these prophetic words, Dr. King was assassinated by James Earl Ray. As followers of Jesus, it's our call not to please people and the masses, But our call is to please God and follow his will by standing for our convictions and yet lovingly serving others in a culture of compromise. And here's the consequence for you and I, the ministry of a troublemaker. Perhaps we'll lose our social standing, our job opportunities, our educational advancement, our social status. All because we share a troublesome message, we espouse troublesome morals, and we adopt a troublesome motivation. But may God help us. May God help us to be faithful to Jesus by taking on the ministry of a troublemaker. If you would just rise to your feet right now, have. Uh, been wrestling with this sermon series, this collection of teaching, because I know that it's going to stir our hearts as followers of Jesus, but it also causes you to step out and stir things up in your sphere of influence, right? But the light shines the brightest in the darkness and God has not called us to cover our light, but God has called us to proclaim, to demonstrate, to set our light in a position of influence, that it'll give guidance and direction for those that are needing it. And the reality is the same light that provides guidance and direction is the same light that exposes the darkness. To be faithful and following Jesus is to take on the ministry of a troublemaker. There's no escaping it. Not everybody is going to like you. Not everybody is going to support you. Not everybody is going to be in your corner. People are going to try to find ways to remove you, to, to call your character into question, to question who you are, But this is the calling to follow Jesus. The calling to follow Jesus is to unashamedly stand up and to stand for what's right and for what's true. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. Our vision is that you would experience Victory Church as a place to call home. We do this by encountering God through worship, embracing community through relationship, and expanding the kingdom of God through service. Find out more about Victory at VictoryWinchester.com.